Hello, podcasting world, and welcome to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too. My name is Indy Randawa, and I'm joined today by a very special guest. <laughs> My very special guest who's joined me on the last 59 episodes and is back again. It's Amanda Hees, everyone! I'm back! Woo! For some reason, he keeps bringing me back. <laughs> what if we play it like you're the guest on every episode? <laughs> I'm the host, and you're just the guest, and I just can't get any other guests. Yeah. You're here every time. Nobody wants to be on your podcast. <laughs> People have asked, and I kind of say no. Why? Well, because that's not what this is. Like, everyone, then everyone's just like, hey, can I come on? And then every person. I feel like we can bring people on if, like, one of us is sick. We can get a fill-in. Or dead. Or dead. Yep. <laughs> I don't like how you're laughing and looking at me. Or if somebody comes on and we're doing a movie that they made or were a part of. In. So special guest, Samantha, how are you doing today? I'm very good. It was a very hot day today, so I'm happy that it's almost air conditioner time. <laughs> air conditioner time? Yeah. When is air conditioner time? Bedtime. Okay. So I can sleep. Right. Okay. All right. Thanks for clearing that up for us. <laughs> How are you today, Andy? I have like a hangover, but not from alcohol. I ate so much pizza <laughs> that I have a pizza hangover. Oh. I didn't really eat much lunch and I kind of skipped breakfast. And then we thought like, we're going to treat ourselves. We haven't bought food out in a couple of weeks. Let's get some delicious pizza. And then we did, and I ate it all. And, yeah. There uh, was like a period of time where we just didn't speak to each other, and we no, were just eating pizza. Just eating pizza, living that pizza life. <laughs> and you know what? It was pretty fantastic. But now I have a pizza hangover, and I just oh. want to lay down. Well, let's get this done, and then you can lay down again. Nice. Yeah. So today we have a few little recommendations for you, and then Samantha is going to let us know what we'll be watching for next week's big episode. But until then, Sam, what do you have for us? What have you been watching, reading, listening to? Well, I feel like I've run out of new things that I want to watch. So I rewatched something that I watched about a year ago on Netflix, and uh, it's Dirty John. So it's based on the podcast. It's got Connie Britton in it, who is like one of my favorite actors. And uh, it's about a woman, a rich woman, who um, get basically gets hoodwinked by a... Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked, nice. yeah. Did she get bamboozled? A little bit. shanghai No. Oh, okay. And uh, this con artist basically gets into her life and makes her fall in love with him and then um, attempts to basically stalk and attempts to steal her money. So it's a very good, well-done show. It's based on a podcast, and um, that is based on real life. So it's uh, kind of a neat show to see. And if you've seen the people who are actually involved with the show, like Connie Britton and the other actors who are in this, they are actually so close to what um, what the actual people from this happening in real life look like and sound like. So you said you... Didn't have anything new, and he brought this up, but isn't this pretty new? It came out last year, I believe. Okay. Yeah, it's from 2018. And that's pretty old-timey in in the Sam watching world. Well, I mean, like, Netflix and Crave and Amazon Prime, they're always pumping out new stuff. I just didn't feel like watching any of it, so I went back to something that I had enjoyed the first time. 
We were talking about this earlier that you tend to watch things only from the last two years <laughs> lately. It seems like all of your picks have been from the last year. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing better or worse about that. Because that's what this podcast was all about is about you can like very different things and it's cool. You can still be friends. Although some days. Some days we're not friends. No, Sam punches me in the stomach. What? That does <laughs> well, not happen. To be fair, there was one episode where you hit me during the episode. <laughs> that's not funny. One episode. <laughs> one time when it was during the episode. But anyways, so you, you tend not to like go back and say like, hey, there's this show from 2001 I heard was great. I should check it out. Not really. I don't know. I, I tend to kind of watch what's current and not go back to older stuff. I'm sure there's lots of content that I'm missing, but I rely on you to bring me that content. But I've been trying to get more modern, but by more modern, I mean things in the last 15 years and staying away from the late 60s, early 70s, where my heart is. Where your heart is. See, I like, I learned so much about the 60s and 70s from you. <laughs> Someone who was not alive. <laughs> not alive, no. Um... But I, uh, yeah, I tend to stray to the newer stuff just out of kind of what seems interesting and what's kind of popular at the time. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll be waiting anxiously for your pick at the end of the episode, because I'm sure that's going to be something very old. Extremely old. All right. And this is available on Netflix? Netflix, yeah. it's a, I believe it's a Netflix series. And this one is just going to be the one season, right? Because everything is all wrapped up and done? Yes, it's all season season one. Because that's it chronicles the entire case. Because mm-hmm. it's like a true crime kind of thing. Um, so there's like really nothing else that they can take it with. Like you can't really continue on the story because there's no more Because it's done. Yeah. I did listen to this podcast, and it was a good podcast, mm-hmm. so that's a, a secondary recommendation. I suggest everyone check that out. It uh, just paints a picture of someone whose life is really just torn apart and ruined by a by a sociopath. Yeah, con artist sociopath. I wasn't too interested in seeing the show because I feel like the podcast did such a good job that I didn't really need to see a dramatized version of it. But do you yeah. think that this uh, holds up to it pretty well? I think it does. Um, I was a little skeptical too because it was such a gripping podcast. And I remember I listened to it almost all at once. And uh, I was a little bit worried with what they were going to do. Um, but they did such a good job of um, just – Making it true, not over-dramatizing it, and making it seem like you were watching kind of the real thing that I think it really does stand up. Aside from your best friend, Connie Britton, who else is in there? I think there's Eric Bana. Eric Bana. Carrot Top and John Leguizamo? No. John Larroquette? No. John Lithgow? No. Who is the titular John? Eric Bana. Oh, right, right, right. So it's got Julia Garner, who you may know from Ozark. It's got Juno Temple. Juno Temple? Yeah. That's a pretty good name. It sounds made up, though. I I bet it is. John Mulaney? No. Johnny Depp? No. John Travolta? (laughs) No. Yeah, so it's got quite a small cast for a show uh, that chronicles this kind of thing, but uh, it's definitely... Um, well played by them. Hmm. Including John Goodman. No, he is not. No. John Krasinski. No. 
John Hopkins Medical University. No. Okay, I'm running out. <laughs> All right, well, you can check out Dirty John on Netflix, and you can download the podcast. It's uh, one season that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. Maybe the creators of that have made other things, but I don't even know. But you can check out the podcast as well. It's a good listen. It is a very good listen. So, Wendy, you have been at home consuming content, and I'm sure you have something very exciting to bring to us this week. Would you like to tell us about it? Nah, I'm good. Oh, okay. You know what? For you, I will. Oh, thanks. Oddly enough, it's nothing that I've been watching in the last while. It's stuff that I've read over a year ago, but here it is anyway. Wait, reading? Yeah, remember that? Like books? Yeah, like books. What? I don't know. I don't remember what, how to do that or what it's all about. How books work? Yeah. They're really hard to work. So I am going to talk about the YRCA, just Yay! like I did about a year ago. Yeah. So there's a new year of YRCA picks. And if you're not familiar with that, that is the Young Reader's Choice Awards, which is something that is set up by the Pacific Northwest Library Association, which is um, Alaska, Alberta, British Columbia, Idaho, Montana, Oregon, Washington. I think Idaho's in there. I'm not sure. Idaho, maybe. If not, you should join up because you're cool. No, Come on, actually, Idaho. They're not. Idaho's pretty shitty with the times I've been there. Get out of here, Idaho. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Idaho, except that they have a huge percentage of KKK involvement. Oh, they, yeah. they love it over there. That's not good. Um, anyways, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the YRCA. And every year they choose nominees in three different categories the junior intermediate and senior and they're all books for for children and young adults the junior division is kind of elementary school and intermediate is your grades seven through nine ish and the senior is your high school students and full disclosure i kind of am a part of this so i have yeah, you're a, on the board committee something like that. We, we say team team yeah but either way, it's great, and uh, it promotes reading for kids, and there's nothing better than that, except for maybe cookies. But they'd have to be good cookies. Cookies for kids? <laughs> no, for me. Oh, for you. Yeah. Okay. I guess they can have some, too. So I'm going to talk about last year's picks, because the winners have been announced. It took Yay! us a little bit extra this year, because, you know, the world shut down, <laughs> including the YRCA voting. But let's start with the junior division. Last year's winner was Refugee by Alan Gratz. Uh, This one was very good. I've actually read all 24 of the nominees, so I can speak to them. And it kind of shows a bunch of parallel stories of refugees at different times in history. So there's some from now, and it deals with what's going on in Syria, or a few years ago specifically. And that's kind of mirrored with someone going through... World War Two in Germany, and it goes back and forth, and it just there's a lot of parallels. How you can see like these things that we hear about in history about being the worst things ever, very similar things are happening right now, and it's done in such a way that if you're an elementary school student, you can pick up on everything. And it was a good book. I have uh, no problem with that one winning. I personally would have voted for the epic fail of Arturo Zamora by Pablo Cartaya. And that one's kind of like a 80s movie in a lot of ways where some real estate developer is coming in and they're going to ruin everything. And then this kid has to save his family's 
restaurant and help the community, and that one I really liked. But there was a lot of good junior ones. Restart, Gordon Corman, he's always very popular as well. The Pants Project had such like a great message, but I also didn't think it was that well written. But it's <laughs> good. Lots of good stuff in the junior division, but Refugee was the winner. Then in the intermediate division is always my least favorite. I don't typically like books for this age range. Also, when I was teaching, it was my least favorite age to teach. <laughs> it's it's tough. And there weren't... What is that, junior high? Yes. Yeah, that's my least favorite age to coach as well. <laughs> so there were a few pretty good ones, I guess, but nothing that I really loved. The winner was Insignificant Events in the Life of a Cactus by Dusty Bowling. And the protagonist in this has no arms. And it's an important thing to have in books because we have so many readers that have something that makes them stand out. And it's a point of view that you don't often hear. Mm -hmm. So it was great for having that. Also just a good fun book as well. I don't know if I had a favorite in that one because a lot of them weren't great. There was one called Stranger Than Fan Fiction by Chris Colfer. And oh, he's yeah. like a celebrity of some sort. He was in it was, Glee. It wasn't so bad. I really disliked it. Ugh. So there were some rough ones in Intermediate, but Insignificant Events in the Life of a Cactus was the winner. You should go check it out. Good read for your junior high or even younger. That one wasn't a particularly hard read. But where the YRCA really shined last year was in the senior division. There were so many good books. The winner was The Hate You Give and well-deserved. I think a lot of people are familiar with that, even if you're not in the world of young adult literature. It got turned into a movie. I heard the movie's not as good. I haven't really checked it out, though, but such a good book. Uh, just very important, very important now, like it was then. It deals with uh, the Black Lives Matter movement. It deals with police brutality and growing up with that being a primary concern of yours. Mm -hmm. Because for most of the world, we don't know what that's like. And this was a great insight into that world. I didn't feel like it was heavy handed. It was even and gave lots of different perspectives. But it shows you what it's like to grow up knowing that that is something you worry about. Like when I was a kid, we had to worry about fires for some reason. They always told you to what to do if you get set on fire. I do remember what that. What do you do thing. if you get set on fire? Stop, drop, and roll. Stop, drop, and roll. We all know that. But, but how do we crush systemic racism? Nobody tells us nobody that. Nobody tells you that. Yeah. We deal a lot more with dress codes and what to do if you get set on fire than we do with like hey, what do you do if someone's getting beaten up because of their race or gender or preference or anything like that that we don't talk about nearly as much so but those books are there just like with the other ones i was talking about it's something that is is at the forefront especially for for children's literature much more than adults literature so that's why i've really gotten into all of this some other really good ones are um the marrow thieves by sherry dimeline and this is a canadian one and the premise is that all of the world has stopped dreaming aside from the indigenous Canadian people. They still have the ability to dream. So the other people are essentially hunting them down for their bone marrow because that can restore their dreams. And we didn't get into too much in the scientific part of it. It's kind of an, an abstract idea that, and it's not about that. It's just a mirror of what happened during colonization, but right. playing out in this kind of post-apocalyptic world. Huh. It's a, a tough read, but a very good one. 
Another interesting one was One of Us is Lying by Karen McManus. And that one is like a whodunit. And usually anytime one of those is done for young adults, it's pretty lame. Usually anytime one of those is done for adults that's modern, they're pretty weak. But this one was surprisingly nuanced and clever. So I like that one as well. But perhaps my favorite, although the hate you give is so good, was one called They Both Die at the End by Adam Silvera. And this is a book where the premise is, in this world, when you're going to die, you get a call. Like a phone call? You get a phone call. Oh. And I don't want that phone call. So they tell you that you're going to die in the next calendar day. We don't know when, we don't know how, but it's going to happen. And it's inevitable. You can't do anything about it. It's going to happen. And since this world exists like that, there's a whole culture about it. Because that would be such an industry, right? Yeah. If we all knew that. So there's, there is this huge industry about, there's apps that you can use to find like a friend for your last day. There's all these special activities that you can do that are catered like, for people on their last day. Best last day ever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't want to give away the characters because how they relate to each other is, is what's so beautiful about this book. Oh. But all I'll say is there are a few different characters Some of them kind of just find what they've been looking for their entire lives on their last day. And it's a it's a really beautiful, I don't know if I want to say love story, but love is so so much bigger Mm -hmm. than just some like romance novel. So I guess it is a love story. It's about two people who find find love in a way on their last day. And it's it's a really beautiful story. I'll just say that. So that one is called They Both Die at the End. Wow. But lots of good picks in the senior division. And there are new nominees up right now for next year's. I've just gotten started reading those ones. My favorite so far is The Poet X, but we'll talk about that in one year because I think that'll probably still be my favorite. <laughs> one year from now. One year from now when the new winners are announced. Awesome. So check it out. Um, I, of course, love my friends at the Edmonton Public Library. So they have a page about the YRCA there. Or you can just search YRCA and you can find all the nominees and you'll be able to find them at your local library. Or like bookstore if you want to do that. That's a place. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for that rundown on all the books we should be reading right now. You read a couple of them, didn't you? I read a few last year. I think you read that inevitable Victorian thing. Yes. Which I did not like at all. Eh. It was not that great. And E.K. Johnston, who wrote that, she wrote... Exit Pursued by a Bear? Yes, which, which is Which was fantastic. Great. Yeah. I even recommended it to a friend because I was like, oh, this is the next one in the series, or not in the series, but like by this author. Yeah. And she read Exit Pursued by a Bear and was like, that was fantastic. Let's read this other book. And then we were both just like, this is weird. <laughs> I didn't care for it at all. But yeah, I think we talked about it last year, actually. I think we did. Yeah. Good book. Good book. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I think we might be ready to know what we are going to be watching next week. Is it time? Uh, Yep, it's time. Oh, yeah, it's time. Cool. Okay. I like that you actually checked your phone to see what time it was. Yeah. (laughs) See if it's, it's time. It's time. It's officially time. This week, I thought... We should watch something um, kind of a mystery, kind of um, not a movie. Not a movie. Not a movie. A play. No. A show. (laughs) What were you going to guess? What was your next guess? A multimedia presentation that contains pudding. 
Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to put that together. But no, I was going to say pantomime, but... Are we going to watch a pantomime? No. What are we watching? We are going to watch Dare Me, the Netflix series that came out in <laughs> the last couple of months. You're laughing. <laughs> I am because I believe this was one of your picks of the week not it was. too long ago. Yes. But then you really, you thought about it and you're like, you know what? It's better than a pick of the week. It's, it's a full episode. stayed with me. All right. Again, yeah. something very new. Very new. I read the book. Okay book was really good um and uh yeah and then they came out with a netflix series for it and uh it was right around the time when uh the the cheer documentary was um becoming really popular they were talking about other shows that had cheerleading in it and this one popped up and i remembered that i had read the book earlier last year and uh was kind of excited to watch it and it was really well done um i think you came by the television a couple times while I was watching it, and you said you, it looked really good. Mm -hmm. um, Except I remember saying there was one role specifically where it's like, that seems miscast, but you assured me that she is good. Mm -hmm. The coach or something like that? Yeah. She just didn't seem like a coach at all. Huh. Yeah. I She's... I don't want to spoil it. Don't spoil it. I won't I spoil it. I have to watch it. I have to watch... Oh, do I have to watch this whole show in in a week? Yeah. Oh, I got a lot to watch. I'm watching 45 baseball movies. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. A little teaser for a future episode. Um, yeah, the the casting in this, um, she's got, she's like not exactly what she seems when you see the coach first time. You kind of make that snap judgment on what she looks like and what she sounds like. And then her character ends up being more complex and kind of secretive as the series goes on so all right so give us the pitch what is this show about we know it's about cheerleading it's about cheerleading mm -hmm. um it's a murder mystery oh i didn't know that yeah um and it's kind of about rebelling in high school a little bit as well so um it's definitely like how teenagers push boundaries and um, kind of test their limits and see how much they can get away with. I think there's a lot of that in this movie. And then um, there's also just like grasping or like embracing your youth in this. It's kind of like a, a young and free kind of feeling in some of it. And they're very much like, why not? We're only going to be this young once. And so it's really cool to kind of see the progression of these characters. And um, it deals a lot with female friendships and how a lot of times you kind of grow apart from people as you kind of age and get older and figure out what your likes and dislikes are and that kind of thing. So it was really um, kind of neat to watch because it dealt with a lot of like relationships and that kind of thing. Okay, when you explain it like that, that seems like there's some interesting topics. Mm -hmm. Do you remember when people used to say YOLO? Yeah. I I was out of the country and I came back and people were saying it and I was like, I don't I don't get it. Like I thought it meant like a cautious thing, like well, you only live once, so like be careful. Wear your seatbelt because you only have one life. You took it very seriously. <laughs> well, I, I had no context. <laughs> right. But everyone was getting it tattooed and stuff. Yeah. It was nuts. I went, hey, if you have a YOLO tattoo, let us know. Write to us. Send let us, us know how you feel now. Yeah. Do you like that tattoo? Do you show it off with pride? I'm guessing you don't. Yeah. I bet they get it covered up to say Froyo. <laughs> 
froyo. Although you know me, I do not like calling it froyo. I call it frogurt. Yes, that's the one thing that we argue about in our relationship. More than anything, that and the royal family. <laughs> I want them out. I want them off of our money. I want them out of here. You know how much money we give those people? What are they doing for us? Nothing. Fucking royals. Froyo. <laughs> Frogurt. Froyo. We right. will go to the mall when we... Back when we used to go back places. Back when we used to get to go places. And we'll have a full conversation with me calling it Froyo, Andy calling it Frogurt, and we won't... And both refusing to budge. Both refusing to budge on what it is. And probably saying Froyo or Frogurt more during a sentence than is absolutely necessary <laughs> but just to prove a point that we're sticking with that name there's a little insight into a very <laughs> very boring interaction <laughs> we're the most interesting couple in the world <laughs> okay let's go back to something that we were talking about and not good nor bad because I've, I've liked a lot of the picks you've had lately but it does seem like everything you've picked is something that you watch and then the next week that's your pick mm-hmm Aren't there things like from childhood that you love and you're like, wow, that movie is so good. I'd love to talk about it. No, not really. How don't you have like favorite childhood movies or like being in high school and saying like, oh, me and my friends, we used to always watch this or. No, I don't. But you also, did I... that. You like watched movies as yes, a child. I just didn't love them. You So you, there's like no good movies before 2018. Tina. No. <laughs> I also don't remember a lot of them. I don't remember movies like you remember movies. But wouldn't that be a great way to explore it? If you're like, you know what I loved, I think I loved, was Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim. Let's rewatch that and see how it is. Is that a real movie? Yeah, I remember watching it in grade three, but I'm not sure if it holds up. Oh, okay. It was very good then. It was a book. And I think maybe the movie's just called The Secret of Nim oh. or something like that. And yeah, there was a movie, and as a child, the idea of reading a book and then it being turned into a movie, because that wasn't a thing, mm -hmm. like everything is now. So that kind of experience like stuck with me. Or like if you were to ask me, what are your top five movie-going experiences? Like I can I can list off probably 10 times when going to a movie was was such an important part of growing up or of meeting someone or of being introduced to a new idea, a new type of movie. No, not so much. Huh? Not so much. Mm. I also didn't like watch a lot of like television or movies when I was much younger. Mm -hmm. I, but you saw like Lion King. I saw Lion King. That was pretty good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's it. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember my first experience with Lion King though. You don't remember those plastic clamshell Disney VHSs? I do. They're still around. <laughs> That's true. Um, but yeah, no, I tend to enjoy things that I have watched more recently and have like a better memory of, I guess. So if I asked you like three years ago, what's your favorite movie? Would you even have an answer? Bring it on. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bring it on <laughs> is a whole nother level. That Outside of was like probably one of my biggest memories for movies. We shouldn't have used it right at the beginning. Now you have nowhere to go. I know. New content. Because I think I still have like my nine of my top 10 favorite movies to do. Oh, well, we're going to have to explore that here coming up quick. Why? Do we have like a finite number of these episodes? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> I'm just going to like lock myself in a room and watch all the movies ever. But you do. You watch because you have a different movie from the last month. 
like every week. So you're clearly watching a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you see something that was made in like even 2005, you're just like, "Eh, I'd rather not. I'd rather watch something from now. Yeah. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Do you think film and TV in general has gotten better? Yes. That's another thing I think we disagree on. (laughs) I find it more interesting. How? (laughs) Um... I don't know. I feel like I can engage with it more. I feel like I have more of a connection to it if it's more modern. Because it kind of like mirrors your current life. Yeah. Or like things I know about. I feel like a lot of things that I watched when I was much younger didn't really stick with me just because I didn't really know about a lot of things or that kind of stuff that I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like that I just didn't it didn't resonate with me as much as stuff now does. Do you think it's harder for you to appreciate characters and stories that are much further from what your everyday life is? Maybe, yeah. Because it seems like a lot of your movies are about cheerleaders. True. Because I, for instance, I play hockey. I love hockey. I don't think there's a lot of great hockey movies. There's like three good ones. Oh, interesting. But just because something is about hockey doesn't make me like it. In fact, I think like boxing on average has the best movies for sports. Baseball overall, because there's so many of them. All 44. There's there's more than that. I think I'm only at 40, 41 right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll have to, we'll have to, I'll think on it and see if I have a better answer for our full episode. But I just think that, yeah, I, it resonates with me more because it's more like what I'm living right now. I think that's one of the fundamental differences with us is I like to watch something that is is different from what I'm living because I feel like I'm like learning and knowing Mm -hmm. other people's stories. While if there's something coming from my point of view, I'm just like, yeah, I know that. Although that might not entirely be true because I feel like there's only been one time when I really watched a movie and I was like, oh, that's like me. I read the novel and then watched the book, the movie, The Namesake. And then I was just like, is this what white people feel like when they watch everything else? <laughs> <laughs> because the first time I saw someone who had a similar life to then yeah. me, it was, it was really nice to see on screen. But also I think that's just a good book. I wonder. Huh. I think I like to branch out more. Yeah. And maybe I just play it safe. But in all these weird things I've gotten you to watch, do you ever think like, oh, that was so different. I never would have thought yeah. about watching that. And Absolutely. I'm glad I did. Yeah. That's what I like about this podcast is that I watch movies that I wouldn't normally choose. But you on your own could just watch something from, say, 2010, you know, <laughs> like start going back yeah. a little bit. You know what you should do? For every movie you watch now, go one year back. So you just, your last movie was Bombshell 2019. Now you have to watch something from 2018 mm-hmm. and then just keep going back one year at a time. Okay. Maybe I'll start doing that. That's my challenge for you. <laughs> okay, I'll uh, I'll try. And then you can report back to us and say, like, you know what? 2014's my limit. <laughs> but you were, like, alive in the 80s. I know like, you're a kid, of course, but still. It's like, like one in the 80s. But you were alive. Yes. I feel like if I can relate to movies from the 30s, you should be able to relate to movies from the 80s. There's got to be something there that's not so far from your life that you can be like, oh. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm willing to give it a try. All right. I'll take you back to at least maybe like the 90s on my next one. Excellent. (laughs) Wait, what are we watching again? (laughs) Dare Me. Dare Me. Dare Me is available on Netflix. Netflix. There's one season. There's one season. 10 episodes. 
Thank you for that mercy, Helen. <laughs> They're all less than an hour long. <laughs> okay. Well, that's still, I have to watch like 10 hours of content in the next week. Yeah. And edit this one. <laughs> yeah, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. We always do. I don't have a job anymore. <laughs> yeah. <so>. It's <laughs> true. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's really a, a compelling show. It was um, fun to watch. And, uh, you know, there's some cheerleading, which is always, you know, a bonus for me. All right. You heard it here, folks. Cheerleading, murder, mysteries, not old. It has everything <laughs> that old. an audience wants. Ah, there we go. Dare me. Dare me. Watch it now, and we will see you in a week. And we're going to talk about how much we probably loved it. You're confident, right? You love it? I'm confident. Do you think I'll love it? I think you'll at least like it and appreciate it. <laughs> We've dropped all pretense. <laughs> <of> like... yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've done 60 of these and 30 movies. And I think that you've loved one of my movies. I think you've only loved one of mine. One or two, yeah. But you were wrong more often. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, save it for the awards show. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. That should, we're going to do an awards show. Yeah. It's going to be coming up real quick. Real quick. Uh, message us topics, ideas, things that you loved about the show over the last year, because we've been doing this for a year for some reason. <laughs> I really like the guy host. He you do? Should, yeah. He should get an award. Oh, I'm not a fan of him. <laughs> a little pretentious, if you ask me. <laughs> I studied film. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Neorealism. That's him. If there was a favorite a host award, I think I'd win it. What? <laughs> yeah, you're right. People, like, we get very little fan mail, but I do get hate mail. Do you? Well, you've t we won't bring it up because there are a lot of them are people we know. Yes. A lot of them are strangers, but yeah, people don't like what I have yeah. to say at all. They tell me how wrong I am. And it's like, but what about when Sam said that racism's cool as long as she's a nice lady? And they're like, yeah, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so tune in. Oh, this in episode an, was all over the place. Tune in in like an episode or two and we'll have some awards to give out to movies, to people, to places, and things. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for the awards we give to things and places. <laughs> yes. We uh, we will give all the awards. It will be a fantastic night of fun and surprise. And you get to wear your ball gown somewhere finally. <gasps> I'll wear a tuxedo. It'll yes. be great. Oh, I'm totally wearing a ball gown just for recording. Yeah, and you can hear when I'm wearing a tuxedo. It sounds different. Yeah, exactly. I sound like this. Oh, that's not pretentious at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we will see you back next Monday when we talk about Dare Me, the Netflix show available now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everyone. <laughs> the guy downstairs just burped very loudly.